Hello, everybody. I am Eli Silverman. Over across from me on the couch in the house of mash and eggs is Paul Gannon. And it's time again this very week now for Cheap Show. Hi, Paul. How you doing? Hello, I'm Mr. All right. Paul. I'm all right, Mr. Mate. Boys and Girls Paul. How you doing? Mr. Boys and Girls and Mrs. Ladies and Gentlemen. Mrs. Oh, hello. Hello. That, woke, that perked me right up when I say that. It gets... <laughs> 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 like that. Fucking... It's like, it's like I'm flaccid. And then I get to say, Mr. Boys and Girls and Mrs. Ladies and Gentlemen, there's a little pulse. There's a little flex. Doesn't it go from flaccid to rock hard within 60 no, seconds? It's more That's like... what they should have done a porn film they based did a on porn zero on to that. 60 seconds. Boffed in 60 seconds. No, it should be flaccid to rock hard in 60 seconds. <laughs> what's, so what's the film? 60 seconds of a man going hard. Well, what you do is... Here you, we go. Uh, <laughs> get a cattle prod. Yeah. And if you stick it right up someone's arse, a guy's arse. Yeah, it's Jaxi. Um... It will prod the prostrate, and you go. Whoa! And it just what? That's what. That's what a happy ending is, Paul. When no, they, it's not. Yes, it it's is. It's not. I've never had a happy they ending go, like they that. They flip you over. Go fuck. And the masseuse goes straight up, flips you over, two fingers right on the prostrate, <laughs> right, and that's a happy ending. Ladies and gentlemen, this is usually a podcast about the economy. It's not really. <laughs> it's mostly a podcast about about the economy, about ec- economic things. Like no, it's no, not. it's not. It is about fucking up the arse, isn't it? <laughs> no, if you oh. went to a masseuse, yeah, and then you get a lovely massage, scented oils. Let yeah? me explain to you, ladies and gentlemen, that it's Cheap Show is a podcast. First of all, that is a fact. Secondly, its topic is scatological in nature, but fundamentally, it's about the things we find in charity shops, bargain bins, poundlands, jumble sales, such and the like. He or she might say to you after the massage bit is over, "Would you like a happy ending?" And you think, "Oh, this is where they josh me off." Yeah. But they don't. They flip you over. If you say yes, please, yeah. how much is it, Tanner? Right. Flip you well, if over. If I said 30, would I get a better experience? No. You'd get it three times. Well, all right. Then I'm paying 30 quid. <laughs> no, you wouldn't want it three times. <laughs> oh, do. Because what they do is they flip you over. Fuck! Straight in! Fucking knuckle deep! Tickle the prostate. You go, You have. Even if you're not erect yet, it just all goes. Oh, it just all chunders <laughs> out. That's <laughs> horrible. <laughs> I guess that's cheap show. Hello. <laughs> I hate you and your fucking noodle posse. Go daddy, people love noodles. It's just a fact of cheap show you're gonna have to learn to fucking accept. Cheap show. Try this again. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Cheap Show. It's nice in here. If we have a podcast about all lovely things that we find in charity shops and such and whatnot, it's that kind of show. All the things, the rummage sales, the oh. bargain basements. I'd never heard of rummage sales before, but I like now the phrase. We now we have. I'm holding wood. It's a block of wood from last week's episode, everybody. This is my... Uh, it's a wood shaver. You know what? This is now a new prop in Cheap Show. This is called my e- Eli Prod. What do you do with it? Every time you get on me tits, I'm just going to go... 
No. Oh, it's got a little whack. It's got some girth. Yeah, it's got some girth. I'm going to whack you with my wood when you displease me this week. I I didn't say anything. I know, but it's your fucking temperament. This is violence. (laughs) This is violence and abuse and assault. Look at this, it dangles. He's now pretending that the piece of wood people is his knob people. The wood people? people? The knob people are wood people? (laughs) Where are they from? Well, they're swallow boys and girls. Today it's time for a new adventure with the knob people. I'm the knob people! I'm just one person, but I'm calling myself a people because I've got loads of uh, loads of people in my head. Um, Hello, here's Sheila, Sheila Knob. Hello. She's in my head. Here's Johnny Knob. Hello. He's in my head. And there's Roger the Knob. That's just me. So there's three people, but it's just in one person, the Knob people. You know who I hate? You know who I absolutely cannot stand? You know who I would... I would... Put on a moon boat and send them to Mars. Put oh. on a moon boat. God, mate. Don't question me. Mate, I regret starting this I hate this the wood off. people. I was looking for more I hate whimsical. the wood people and here they come. <laughs> we are the wood people. We live in trees. I regret we... this considerably. <laughs> we I are thought I was going to do something people. whimsical. Something quite nice as it oh, stands. Oh, we could do whimsy. We're no, the wood people. No, you don't do whimsy. Because the minute I say, oh, hello, here's Mr. Badger, you flip it over, stick two fingers up its arse and give it a happy ending. Give a badger a happy end. No. Last time I went to a massage and she a... said, do you want a happy ending? You know what? I said, yeah. And you know what happened? We got married and had three kids and lived in a big house. It was great. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, it's a bit more in- a bit more thought out than just you evading an orifice with your... Evading? With, with... I don't evade orifices. You... I go right for them, you mate. Go, you, you invade... I home or... in. I home in on the orifice. Boop, I evade boop. your... I've got the orifice radar. Boop, boop. I inv- evade your invasion. The arsehole bleeps in green, Paul. Blip, blip. Arsehole incoming. Blip, blip. I'll stop this podcast. <laughs> you won't stop I'll it. I'll stop it right now. You won't stop it. You Rummage st- sales... Ow! He's hit me with his wood. Stop. That's, That's exactly abuse. what this is for. That, all that shit you just did. I should have brought this stick in sooner. Shall I send the knob people and the wood people away? I. You don't even have to. We can just not do anything else <laughs> right now on that topic. They're going to recur throughout I this whole episode. No, they're not. Yeah. I am the wood people. Oh. I'm the knob people. No, I'm the wood people. Congratulations, Mr. Silverman. You've spoiled my plans yet again. My, my discipline stick is now impotent. It's a flaccid, impotent stick does it chunder no it's a stick of wood i was going to hit you with across the episode you already have hit me with it yeah and i should have hit you more or flip you over <laughs> open your, and stuck it right up your cavity happy ending right on this week's episode of cheap oh, show oh i've lost the pod, the world, no mate. don't you don't no just because i've not i've stopped you from going off on one of your arse tangents i'm just <laughs> you used to play along do you know what it is mate what a comment recently upset me on YouTube. Saying, oh, that one that you reposted? The one that said, this show used to be about stuff and now it's just come vomit spunk. And my instant reaction to that comment was, you have not listened to this podcast. Because as far back as I can remember, Eli was putting something in his mouth and going, what a cummy sticky goo load. Something like that. Do you think we mentioned spunk explicitly on the first ever episode of Cheap Show? I can even tell you. Remember when we did the uh, live shows from the, at the beginning? And it's like, ah, don't fuck tramps. Well, yeah. I fuck tramps. Yeah. I josh him up. It, it all goes back five years, ladies and gentlemen. Well, and those who have followed my so-called career will know that's all I've ever done, ever, in my comedy. And well, I'm proud of it. I don't mind. There was that one gag. No, I'm cutting this out. Cutting... <laughs> Sorry, I just got a message. The context of that was Oh, different. it's the wood people. It's not the wood people. <laughs> They're very unhappy. With what? 
I'm going to beat you with my discipline stick. They're unhappy that you are using a piece of wood because they need to. They need to give their permission. What am I? Is this like their granddad or something? They are spirits of the wood, Paul, and they imbue every wood night. Yeah. Well, look, what am I doing with their relatives then, right now? You're rubbing the gusset of your jeans with. Yeah, I'm rubbing its granddad's head on me gooch. (laughs) Oh, let's start. No, no, you don't get to say that now. You (sighs) don't get to tell me. When to stop rubbing granddad's woodhead on me, Gooch? I tell you what, mate. If anyone just tuned in, they thought, I'll give this podcast This isn't a radio a show where they just tune in. Listen, five <laughs> seconds in, new listeners were lost to us. Let's just admit it now. He's still rubbing the wood on his Gooch head. I'm actually beginning to feel a little bit of heat. Now, Paul, what have we got coming up on the show today? Coming up on the show today, we have a Silverman's platter. Oh, yeah. And we also have... Oh, a pri- uh, uh, what? Ooh! Ah, a little special something, actually. It's a Ganon's Golden Games. It's a Ganon's Golden Games. But uh, we've, even though we've tackled this particular game show before, we've never tackled it in the electronic gaming medium. Ooh, so uh, stay tuned I'll for that. Maybe I'll have to say Ganon's Golden Games in an electronic robot voice. No, you know what? I would approve that. Right. And so would Grandad Woodstick Discipline Man. <laughs> He's not a man. He is. He's not. Look. He's now blowing. He's doing a blowjob on the wooden... <laughs> He's oh, yeah. oh, it was so big in my mouth. Oh, oh granddad, <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Wood perverts tuning into the show. Oh, do you listen to episode two hundred and four? Where oh, is it? Episode two hundred and four. Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Come on, so let's play uh, the sound effect. No, I'll do it when I want. All right, I leave it to you, Paul. Can I just say though? Yeah. Take away from this intro. Yeah. Badger happy ending. Yeah. Wood people. Dirty oh, granddad's They're like the rubbing. elves. Yeah. And the knob people are this like the little ground, <laughs> ground ground goblins. Yeah. Yeah. And they look like little button penis little button mushroom penises. Yes. And they all have, Oh, yeah. and they're knob people. Yeah. And the knob people. But they only appear as one person. Richard Knob person. <laughs> this is a bit like the, the that Green Lantern knockoff you do as well. No, no. Huff Quiffer or whatever his name no, is. No, no. Quiffhuffer? Quiffhuffer. Quiffhuffer. Just just a, a, a catalogue of poorly thought out, lazily executed characters from the mind of Eli Silverman. And all I have to say on that is, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, I wanted this to be a respectable podcast. You didn't. I wanted it to be high class. You I wanted it did. to be featured up along those big podcasts like My Dad Writes a Porno or uh, There's No Such Thing as Fish. Or What's There's No know, Such Thing as Fish? It's a QI one, isn't it? Where people go, did you know? And oh. someone goes, I didn't know. And then someone else goes, actually, I did know. <laughs> <laughs> That's that podcast. Well, um, so yeah, we're not like them, and we can't be. We're cheap show, the mucky boys that you love so much. I'm Paul Gannon. <laughs> Rain it in, mate. Right, come on, we got to go to the sound effect. And right, let's do, do the, the sound effect segment. now. I'm gonna get it out of my sound effects box. Look, I'm just. Get it out, have a little scrummage round in the box. Let's have a look. Which one shall I pick? Shall I like pick that one? Do you want this one? I like the jingle jangle one. Do you want the jingle jangle one? Do you I want like the... cash, old-fashioned cash register. Do you want the cash register one? Yeah. All right, here's the cash register one for you. I'll put it in now. And now it's time for a very popular segment of Cheap Show where we look at vinyls of years past. Records, tapes. We got an, I've got a new tape player, Paul. Oh, I know. A Yamaha. So any bizarre tapes you see... When you're on the scrummage, you know, out I'll in the charity this. shop, pick them up. I'll say this. Even though platters have been largely vinyl, right, hmm. and that's not a problem, we probably have missed out on a lot of interesting stuff because we haven't included cassettes and CDs. Now, CDs 
lack the uniqueness of a vinyl find because they're mostly compilations or albums. There's nothing really unique like some of the stuff we're going to talk about it's today. Hard to, what you're saying is it's hard to find CDs that are obscure. Or no. noteworthy to talk about in any particular way. But there's all sorts of strange th- stuff cassettes. that appears on cassettes. Because cassettes, um, very old format, the compact cassette, back yes. to the 60s. Isn't if you it? want to know more, go to Techmoan's uh, YouTube site. He goes into it in graphic detail. Back to the 60s, isn't it? They go for Earlier? I think it's like 50s or something when the first cassette tapes were being banged around. No, I believe... No, but that, the... the you mean cassette... commercial sales? No, I mean the actual format of the compact cassette, which is the, the tape that... Yeah. That was the 60s. Anyway, the point being is that, fucking hell, that phrase. Fucking hell, that phrase. The point being. The point being. You've got to stop me. I don't even notice it. It's just one of your things. It's one of the things I do. My brain doesn't know what to do next, and it needs to jump to a yes, sentence. It's a, it's a linking phrase, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. I need to you know, just, just get to the point. Just say the point. Just don't say the point Cassettes being. are good. Yes. For odd stuff. I like cassettes, and a friend of mine, he had this Yamaha um, component cassette uh, player. Part of a modular system. Me. And the it is broken, but only in terms of the bracket that you slot, slot the cassette into is broken. Yeah. Well, if you want to slot it needs it a bit of a fiddle well. to get it to play. I like to have a slibble in my flob. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you and it's got lot, Dolby up the yin-yang, hasn't it? Man? Yeah, but like, some of that Dolby's unnecessary. Like a lot of formats didn't use it. But if it's it has nice got have, it, it's, it's got lovely, and the sound is lovely, isn't it? Yeah, it? didn't we listen to Prince Purple Rain? It we sounded great. to the first track of Purple Rain. Purple rain. <laughs> Let's go crazy, isn't it? Let's go yeah. crazy. It's a great song. Um, so, yeah, we should do more cassettes. That's good. But a lot of kids' stuff came out on cassette. A lot of... Uh, like uh, rainbow cassettes. Yes. You know, story books and things. Storyteller. There's loads of cassettes out there. They've probably not given enough time to. We can we the last control time, it. The last time we did was when we featured the Benny Hill cassette. Remember that had songs from his original ITV show? Oh, yes. All the kind of weird patch teasers and kind of almost political stuff he did. Now, Paul, when I was first getting into uh, soul music, yeah. I had some uh, Motown, the Motown Story cassettes, like for their 25th anniversary, I believe. And what, was that a c- compilation of songs that told the story track by track of the evolution but of the But more than that, they had interviews and little little bits in between the tracks where they talked and so it was really a really sort of immersive you heard about how they were made and one that stuck out to me was their reflections you know that um diana ross and the supreme yeah reflections of and it's got it's got all these weird sort of electronic things in it they sprinkle and they and they were saying they were trying to sort of keep up with the times and give it a bit of a sort of a zhuzh but weirdly that led to the kind of I'm not going to say downfall, but like the kind of how bland Motown got in the 80s. Well, that was decades later. True, yeah. but you know. The whole of the sort of soul scene got bland. But this is still, there are some good 80s the Motown ebb and flow stuff. of just being a record label, I suppose. Yeah. And uh, well, they moved from, from the Motor City of Detroit in 69, uh, they relocated to LA. Oh, and I that did not changed. Know that. Yes, that, that would have changed. changed a lot as well. The philosophy of place does change depending on it where did. it is in the country. It did. Ah, well, yeah. there you go. So yeah, there's loads of cassettes. Also, things like, for instance, when the BBC released cassette compilations for things like Comic Relief, you know, they brought out special tapes you could buy. Yes, they had. There's one that was like smashing nicely, doing links to all the Comic Relief songs. So it was like a proper little radio play. Yes, they aren't going to be on only vinyl. Exist on the cassette. And yeah. Don't exist on CD. 
And also um, Radio 1. This is just one example that springs to mind, but it was unique because of it. When Independence Day came out, they brought out a, a radio play in the style of War of the Worlds. And what the idea was, it starts with Radio 1. Radio 1, and the yeah, presenter. Yeah. And then we're getting news. It's as a, a fake news story. Yeah. yeah, and then it becomes this adventure where it's like you see Independence Day from the UK's perspective in London through news reports. It was and like interviews. a sort of promotional... Well, no, it was just it was it was there obviously to sell the movie, but fundamentally it was just an extra thing to buy. And I think oh, was it on Max like a magazine cover because they used to gave out. No, it was, out... it was a purchase. You bought it. I remember buying mine in Double Smith, and it was on cassette. Yeah, but I think it was only like half an hour, so it was like fifteen like minutes a little, or so each a side. Cassette, yeah. Dire- directed by Dirk Mags, who does amazing work in radio. He does all the he does the recent Hitchhiker's Guide stuff. He did the Death of Superman for audio. He's done Aliens. He does work with. He's fucking great, Dirk Mags. It's just occurred to me, um, sort of one of the advantages of cassette. Because it doesn't matter. You don't have to fuck around with formats or speeds, do you? No. Like you can have a single. You could have a whole album. Anything. They all turn you don't the same change speed. the speed. No. Yeah, you don't have to do anything. Or you don't have to like with records. You need a convert. You know, adapter to get through the a dinked forty-five yeah. uh, single. None of that sort. None of, of that. But it's often no faffing. It's often you know maligned as a format, but that's because. During the kind of boom of its popularity, 80s and 90s, it was cheap tapes because they were farming them out. And they and the, sound and the, bad. Yeah. And the record and the cassette boom boxes you got were low quality equipment. And that's so. the problem now. It's a similar problem that, uh, you know, the vinyl resurgence the- has come across. People cashing in, companies cashing in by doing those terrible record players. Yes. And so people go, oh, I remember vinyl st- sounding so good. And then they get one of those t- things and it's But then weirdly, back in the day, they wouldn't have sounded that great on one of the vinyl players of the day that you could afford with the money you had. No, it would. Your standard cheaper cheaper record player like back 50, in the day. Like 50s, 60s, if you had a port- small portable record well, player. the point is, what you'd play on those small portable record players in the 50s and 60s were 45 inch um 45 rpm 7 inch singles right. which have the big groove yeah the and big loud hole. louder groove so they're designed to punch through on a jukebox in a in a busy bar or whatever okay and so it would sound good because it'd be really loud and the speakers would probably help somewhat than a tinny speaker. And it would be better than those those uh, briefcase things, the Crosby no, no, that, things. No, no I terrible. totally understand they that. They break, they are awful. But what, the point I was trying to make, in a similar way that there's all these terrible briefcase vinyl players on the market now because yeah. of the you know the vinyl revival, and then and they t- sound terrible, and, you know, you've got these... Um, Cassettes. That are the made mechanisms, with... the, are they Takeshin, Taneki? Can... I can't remember the name they use. But there's that... a standard cassette mechanism, which is in any cassette player that you buy now, and it's shit. They're all shit. And They're the heads all like... are shit. And this, is, this, this Yamaha I got for free is fucking lovely. And you forget that they actually can sound really nice. It's a really warm, do you know what that I mean? That must have been a mid-90s one. And the mid-90s ones, they say, are often the best to get your hands on, because that's when... At the top end, it's got those lovely the buttons, components. the touch. I don't know what they're called. Those touch buttons, just touch button yeah. controls. I don't know. It's just a good. Control. It's got a good uh, reader, good head on it. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it's got all the no- Dolbys. You have got Thomas. Uh, that's the only, that's the only one I know. <laughs> <laughs> blinded me with science. He now, blinded me with science. Paul, we're not here to discuss uh, formats or uh, no, but it was a nice little chat to warm us up. We are here for Silverman's platters. Mm. It's the section of the show where I do unearth, uh, source, uh, uncover, find, unsheath, unsheath. yes, um, very un- much, undress, un- <laughs> shut up, just skin alive, turn inside out, upend, spunk up, gajizzle on it, bedizzles. <laughs> right. 
Uh, records. That's what we talk about. That records. is eventually what we yeah, end up talking records, about. Records, and we like novelty records. We like novelty rap records. We like Moog records. We, we like anything that seems to have a story behind it that we can delve into. And we think and we found one this week. We certainly have, Paul. But before that, we need to formally introduce I was expecting this, this, this yes. segment by going over to the patron saint of Silverman's ah, Platters, mm-hmm. and that is Mr. Clyde McFatter. And uh, I found a Clyde McFatter record the other day, didn't I? Yeah, Remember you did. That? What was it? It was um, Thank You, Love, which is a Stevie Wonder tune on Motown. Oh, um, a it, cover. It's on a British label called Derham, but you can see Jobette Carlin. If you see on a on a record uh, it says Jobette Carlin, yeah. Jobette, that's always um, Motown. Oh, really? Yeah. Like so licensed to this other lady. Yeah, yeah. Why would they do that? I have no idea. Right. But it's British, so it it's a Derham is British, so it's probably something that wasn't released on British Motown for whatever reason. Would that have been a Northern Soul label? Derham? Yeah. No, Derham had a lot of different stuff, but it's mainly known for sort of psych and rock. Oh, he- really? Heavy rock and stuff, yeah. That's an interesting thing to release then. And I think it may have been a subsidiary of Decca because it's it's got this sort of, it's brown, it's kind of browny yellow label. Yeah. But the company sleeves, you know, the Decca ones have that that spiral, blue yes. spiral. Yeah, 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 yeah. Derham yeah. have exactly the same one, but it's brown spiral. So oh, I just oh think the brown spiral. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I've had the brown spiral. Well, I gave my granddad a trip to the brown spiral. I the got other day. my grand out and I fucking rode her down the yep. street. Last week pig sex, this week geriatric sex. <laughs> no, what do you pigs want? and geriatrics. <laughs> geriatric pork. Now <laughs> you married them together. Old pigs, the fuck to death. <laughs> now Paul. <laughs> Sorry, that was another digression about, but it's uh, called Thank You Love, and it's uh, produced by, uh, musically arranged by a guy called Johnny Harris, who did Footsteps on the Moon. We should cover him one time. He's one of these guys, like, one of these sort of Brit music guys, a bit like uh, uh, Tony Hatch. Yeah, and what's the other guy, the Telstar guy? Uh, Joe Meek. Yeah. But he was much, um, there's an album called, I think, Reflections by Johnny Harris. It's brilliant, and it's got Walking on the Moon. Footsteps on the Moon, which is right. brilliant. I uh, don't know that one off the top of my head. It's sort of like orchestral, sort of that Brit sort of... Um, like a Telstar instrumental thing. Yeah, but Telstar, the thing with Joe Meek stuff, it's very uniquely Joe Meek. It's kind of that weird tape loop sound that yeah. he's got. Anyhow, it's a great song, but it's and it shows also that um, the patron saint of this segment... Uh, oh, we still have to do that bit, go on. Mr. Clyde McFatter, he started right back in the R&B rock and roll days... And he's going all the way up into the sort of Northern Soul era, yeah, as well. So you want to introduce him so I can have a bit, and we can well, move on. we need to go over to him, yes. now, and he needs to introduce this section. So going over now to Clyde McFatter, the patron saint of Silverman's uh, Platters. Uh, are you there, Clyde? Hello, I'm here. I hope you enjoy this segment. Thank you very much, Clyde. Oh, all right, nice, nice to hear from him. Yes. So. I found this record in a charity shop in Muswell Hill. I sent you a picture of it and said, shall I grab this? And you said, yeah. So I did. That's it. And I got it. I, we pointed it out because the name on the front rang a bell. Because I'm not completely au okay fait about comedy, especially stand-up comedy. But when I saw the name Ted Chippington, I was like, that rings a bell. Yes. Um, the only thing I recognized from the cover is we've got a fuzz box and we're going to use it. 
Yes. So what I've got here, I'll just tell them exactly what it is. It's called the Vindaloo Summer Special, starring the Nightingales, Ted Chippington, and we've got a fuzz box and we're going to use it. And it's basically, uh, what would you say it is? A, a, a single EP or an EP? It's 12-inch EP. It's a 12-inch EP. It's got three tracks on the, the flip and... Uh, just the one. But also, it's on got... A. It's a lot of different things, actually, Paul, because it's the Vindaloo Summer Special, and the Vindaloo is the label... Which so it's like up. a label yeah. sampler. A lot of people would put out sampler LPs with a song by the art, all their artists on their roster, for example. But I've got some from the Atlantic Company, um, sampler compilations. Yeah. And uh, some of them have tracks that aren't anywhere else. For example, one of them has this tune, Hey, Hey, What Do You Say by Zeppelin, which wasn't released anywhere else but only on that sampler and also as a single in america but you have to remember zeppelin never put out refused to put out singles in the uk i did not know and it's that. part of the early why was that because they were like it's an album oh and there was a single whole, driven the, co- yeah but there's a huge thing that albums were like took over their their sales t- at that time the prog rock era the yeah that was because it was the whole thing with the hippie thing. You put it on, you know, and you can skin up and you can, and you don't have to get up. And, Tune in, drop out, yeah. whatever it is. So isn't the it? LP was sort of dominant and at that, that particular historical moment, very dominant. Because and, it was a single led industry up until like the 60s and yes. 70s when yeah. the, concept the concept album started exactly. exploiting the fact yes. that you could put songs of a certain length on. And, exactly. You yeah. Longer songs as well, because the whole sort of psychedelic thing meant that. You know, songs were elongated. They had a, a it means freak you could out fall bit. asleep face first in your moog and call it a twelve-minute yeah, exactly. track. Yeah, or it was, uh, you know, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, and all that wank. It I've... was sent up in a, a "We Are Spinal Tap" when he goes, yeah. "This is Jazz Odyssey." And the, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so let me just quickly say what uh, Vindaloo Records is because I want to bring up a little point you made on that. So the label was started by Robert Lloyd, who was of the Nightingales, who's one of the bands on this EP, mm. who started the label to self-release uh, the Prefix, Robert's first band debut, Going Through the Motions, and the label subsequently released music from artists such as the Nightingales, We've Got a Fuzzbox, and we're going to use it, Ted Chippington, Jerry and Terry, Legs Akimbo, and The Bum Bites. Yes. I've not heard of The Bum Bites, nor have I heard of Jerry and Terry. Legs Akimbo I have, but only from the League of Gentlemen reference. Do they reference that band? No, there's a there's a there's a there's a theatre acting group company that go oh, around yes. schools called Legs Akimbo. Okay. Now it's it says bonus three track B side, so it's like, yeah, we've put an extra track on. Yeah. Because you can fit more on a twelve inch. So it's like a a label sampler. Here's why I disagree. I don't think it's a sampler. I think it's a gimmick EP. I think the idea is because here's the thing. The album cover looks like one of those British seaside postcards, which was a very British thing, where it was usually some kind of innuendo with a character and a wife. You know, those kind of one-frame Kiss comic me quick, gags. sort of, yeah. all of that. And, oh, seaside, smutty seaside humour. Smutty, humor. that you'd get and you send us a dirty little gag to your mum or yeah, your yeah. granddad or your friends. Yes. Whatever. It, it don't, so, you didn't have to list who you could send it to. I mean, you could send it to anyone. They wouldn't have to be. Specifically, your mum, your granddad, who's a dirty <laughs> What about piece? your gran? She's she wouldn't interested. like it. No, All she right. likes those uh, playing cards with men's dicks on. Right. She's more into that. She's So, it's called the Vindaloo Summer Special from the label Vindaloo. It features the Nightingales, Ted Chippington and Fuzzbox, right? And I get the impression this is them just fucking about. Because what genre of music would you say this is before we get into talking about Ted Chippington? This is, would you say it's Psycho Billy, did you say? or it's That's what it's closest to. And Psycho Billy is 
sort of rock and roll mixed with punk. Yes. Isn't it? Um, yeah. And also, another um, characteristic of Psycho Billy, because the Cramps are one of the bigs, and the Misfits, they're both Psycho Billy groups, I believe. Yeah. They take sort of punk energy, but they use the music's more like primitive rock and rockabilly, which is a... Rockabilly's a precursor to classic rock and roll. Yeah. And was, again, sort of hillbilly. It comes from rock. Right. And hillbilly. And then that kind of developed in the UK in Skiffle and that kind of folksy take on it all. Yes, but Psychobilly was sort of a, a like a rockabilly revival in the punk era, basically. Right. And they, but another thing about rockabilly is they they were very fond of schlocky sci-fi and horror imagery. And well, that's what I'm saying. It's like I think this is that example. It's like, rather than the horror imagery, they're taking the piss out of the, the, the British. Like for instance, the Beano Summer Special that came out once yes. a year, the annual, or the the Looking Summer Special. But the, you say that, Paul. But look at the depiction on the cover of Ted Shippington. Who is he depicted as? Well, he looks a bit like Frankenstein's Frankenstein. monster, but he just looks hung over and ill. Yeah, but it is meant to be. So they are sort of referencing the horror, the horror sci-fi aspect I, there as well, aren't they? I guess because like you look in the sea and there's an eyeball on a thing like there a submarine. There you go. Yeah, I hadn't noticed. That. It's an interesting image because you have got this drawing in the style of those postcards where it's like the fuzz box. They're having a laugh. There's a naughty schoolboy. There's someone spilling ice creams, and then there's a guy on the beach with a booze. Oh, there'll be a picture of this on the website. Yes. So the whole no, but, thing to uh, me. Just to sum up, Paul, I think the genre is uh, novelty psychobilly. Yes, it has to be novelty because yes. of the involvement of. Ted Chippington. Who is a stand-up comic. Who is a stand-up comic. And it's interesting. So I didn't know too much about Ted Chippington other than his reputation, how certain comedians like Mark Lamar, Phil Jupiter, Stuart Lee kind of are, they, they worship him. They love they him. They liked him because of his um, his style. He has a sort of a, a diffident. It's what we would call anti-comedy in that it's kind of going out of... sort of ashamed of, it, of the jokes. Yeah. And they're bad. It, it's funny in the way that it, how it goes out of its way to purposely not be funny. Yes. And the joke is that incongruity between the effort put involved in downplaying your quite well-written gag yes or hiding it they're groaners aren't they but they're sort of it's like groaners but it's i don't know who is the most sort of anti-comedy most the biggest anti-comedy comic oh God, ever, that's, of all time i, I don't know that's maybe really, Stuart Lee. no because Stuart not, Lee formulates jokes and gags i would say you know someone like well we'll, we'll we can talk about him a bit later but someone like uh, Neil Hamburger yes. is probably the best example of someone who does anti-comedy. Right. Although Eric Andre also does a lot of it. Basically, anyone on fucking Adult Swim deals in anti-comedy yes. to I mean, some extent. Uh, on, like Heidecker and... Uh, yeah, Tim and, Tim and Eric. Tim and Eric. Is, is, is that sense of the comedy is... Like, well, on cinema, that we, people both know we both love. Yes. That's... I mean... Tim Heidegger has said on record that he hates the term anti-comedy because he thinks it kind of goes against all the effort they put into yeah. doing this. Yeah, and I, yeah. I agree. It's just that what the I think what the but phrase for want of a better term. It's for one of a better term because I think it says like they create a humorous void where the gag should be. Yes, but that in itself is the gag. It's the failure. It's very. It's very failure. close to what we do on this podcast, yeah. isn't it, Paul? It's it's similar to built like, to fail. You see what I mean? It's it's failing, but in an amusing way. It's it's shambolic. It's, yeah. Yeah. It works on how shabby or unprofessional it is. Yes. And there's a sense of that to this. So Ted Chippington, real name Francis Smith, uh, born 1962 in Stoke-on-Trent, and is a British... Uh, my family, Half of my family from Stoke-on-Trent. Is that in the northeast as well? Stoke? It's just south of the Wirral, just next to Wales yeah. to the so, side. Um, yeah. And is it... Is it Stoke? Well, or is Stoke on Trent a different place? I, from Stoke? You know what? That's a good question. I can't answer because there's uh, there's things like that, isn't there? I think Sometimes. Stoke and Stoke on Trent are neighbours. 
I think right. it's something like that. Okay. I don't know. Um, his jokes are all variations of the same theme and delivered in that kind of accent. That Bad mo- puns. You know, do you, can you voice like that, really? It's a bit. It's not as I strong as do, that. I can't do. No, it's not as strong as that. Well, you're going to play a bit for them because there is a bit on the, well, on the B says, side, isn't it? He frequently performs his own versions of well-known songs in a similarly listless style. Right. And his act has left audiences bemused or hostile with heckling a frequent occurrence during his performances. So, you could also maybe argue that, who's that guy, Pape Mache Head? Come on, brain, who? What's his name? I know you do, you really do. What the fuck's that? Frank Sidebottom. It's like, there's a bit of that to it. Definitely. There's that kind well, of... there was a kind of movement at the time. It's sort of, um, I'd call it sort of late period alternative. Yes, Do you it see is. what I mean? It's not like the first wave of alternative. It's no. like a late... And they open the door for acceptance of other acts like that to get a bit of... Anti-comedy acts, yeah. yeah. So let's just listen to the first track. Now, uh, we'll listen to a little bit. It's called Rocking with Rita, Beach Party Mix. This is the Nightingales with Ted Chipperton. And we've got a fuzz box and we're going to use it. And it sounds like this. Do you know what the time is, Rob? Time for a spotter rocking, I reckon, Ted. Okay, well, I think I'll get me rocking shoes on. Ooh, smart pair. Oh, careful you don't turn on them. I'll try my best, mate. Okay, here we go now. Rocking with Rita. Head to toe. Rocking with Vera. Head to toe. Rocking with Donna. Head to toe. Rocking with Rita. You sure can't beat her. Oh, no. Rocking with Charlie Feathers. Rocking with Jerry Lee. You sure can't beat Rocking with Jerry Lee, you know. Oh no. And from your head to your toe. So yeah, that is obviously a pastiche of that of rock and roll but well, he, also he references got... a lot of uh, he references Paul Daniels in that doesn't he yeah um, and Jerry Lee Lewis yeah and uh, it does a little piano flourish a la Lewis I've got some complaints go on the production is ooh, all uh, over ooh, the place the drums his, are too bright wait, I'm gonna say this which is a point I think side A has got much better production than side B and I think that shows. But you're right with this track. It's a bit bright on the drums. It's a bit bright on the drums. And my main problem is you can't... The We've got a fuzzbox woman. She's too low. You can't hear what she's saying. She's not loud enough for when she's she's singing part of it. And it's like much but lower what, level. My I think my problem... Not problem, but I think what the point I'm trying to make is, is that I think that's intentional. Because when you look at the act... So basically, like, for instance, you look at the movement of comedy that was coming out. That was the uh, the alternative to your, da- your Bernard Mannings and your Jim Davidsons and all that kind of shit, yes. right? So you have, you know, the comic strip come through, 20th Century Coyote, Young Ones comes out, and that blasts onto the onto TV and everyone's in that sense of the anarchic. Um, we can do what we like. We can do and what also, we want. And that, it, this is what the al- this EP sounds like. It's like, oh, this is just us fucking about. This is our sound. But like I said to you earlier, Paul, I think it because we are a fuzzbox, they were like a legitimate well, They eventually group. became. And I say legitimate, but like they in the late 80s, they changed their sound and sounded much more like Banana Rama than yes. they did originally. And then they had the hit with Pink Sunshine and Calling International Rescue, which was a song but they they're like, about Thunderbirds. They're like legit pop songs, though. They're more, yeah, they on the, more on the side of pop than novelty, is what I'm saying. Yes. Or comedy records. Yes. And so this sort of has, 
It's a comedy record, but it also has sort of like real music aspirations almost. Do you see what I mean? Well, that's why it's, it's interesting. It's all in between. Doesn't really know whether it wants to be serious music or but there's novelty. A, there's a or... touch of like, there's a touch of like tongue in cheek to this where it's like, here's a rockabilly sound that we're doing and it's a list song in the same way. Like it's almost like an Ian Jury and the Blockheads kind of thing. Yes. It's got a little bit of that to it, you know? And also the influence of the kind of the, the, the punk poetry definitely. where Mark Lamar and Philip Phil Jupiter came from. That's definitely there, yeah. That's all in there. So it feels like this is just like, we'll do what we want and we're having a laugh and this is our sound and whatever, fuck you. We don't want it to sound as good as the latest Queen album. We don't want it to sound as yeah. good as that. A DIY punky sort yeah. of that's, uh, um And also punk was all about the tiny labels as well, wasn't it? The tiny little home... Home yeah. labels, which Vindaloo Records obviously is as obviously well. Obviously is, because I think the So band... it's a real artifact of its era, isn't it? Really redolent of its era. I admire it more than I actually like yeah. this music. But when we get to the B-side, that's where I think they've just gone, let's have a bit of fucking of fun, really. Yeah. Because you've got three tracks on the second side. And then you get a bit of his act as well, don't you? Get you get a bit of gags. So you get Let's Surf, which is, you know, a kind of Beach Boysy, spoofy, rockabilly thing. And it's not, that's certainly the weakest, not as memorable that's the weakest track, as Rocking it, yeah. with Rita. Then you've got, oh, I do like to be beside the seaside, which is a bit of Ted Chipperton's stand-up, basically, yes. with a seaside. I'll tell you what, let's play a little bit of that right now. Walking down the road yesterday, an old mate of mine comes up to me. He said, long time no see, Ted. I said, I know, mate, but I'll be off to the coast tomorrow for a good day out on the coach, you know. This bloke came up to me earlier on, just when I got off the coach, and said to me, tell me how far the pier is away from here, mate. I said, uh, one mile. He said, one mile? I said, ah, one mile, roughly speaking, you know. Not too sure, I only just got into town, I said to him. This bloke came up to me after that, he said, uh, have they got your time on you, mate? I said, uh, I'm on my own, can't you see? Here's a saucy bit of seaside humour for you then. Went to the chip shop earlier on. Said to the bloke, after I got me chips, I said, have you got any sauce, mate? He said, what, HP? I said, no, you're all right, I'll pay cash. Chatting to this old sea dog earlier on. Couldn't understand me, though. Excuse me, chap, I'm in a dilemma. Ah, good motor style, Emma's. So yeah, do you see how that is very similar, but without the violence and the the aggression of a Neil Hamburger take on it? Yes. Where it's like it's a almost reasonably normally structured gag. But the point but is undersold. how terrible they are. Yeah. yeah. It's undersold to the point where that's yeah. the joke. It's very undersold. And that definitely I kinda did, like that, it did influence Stuart Lee's whole style, didn't it? Because he has that. He undersells stuff. He, you know, he's got a sort of apologetic, but almost. Stuart Lee works on the the verbose more. You know, he's very much a, I'm going to tell you a small fact with a thousand words. And that's right. where his comedy is. It's the unnecessary level of detail and prose. Yeah. yeah. Stuart Lee, uh, Richard Herring is the opposite almost, where he's like big, bold colours. Yes, big, I'm bold, just going to say, ideas. you can see the influence from Chippington on people like Lee. Yeah, and very, very yeah. easily. And then you've got Fuzzy Faves, which is a let's do a little bit of everything. We've got Fuzzbox doing, you know, itty bitty TV. Yeah, so that's the aspect where these this was like a stable of artists that were on this label. And yeah. they all got together to do this. But the whole concept seems like a parody. Yes, but what's of, it a parody of specifically? I think it's a parody of the idea of British summer. Yeah, the seaside. Yeah, the seaside, the music. And they've done a... They've done a... The appropriation of American iconography. 
Yes, but then it has that rock, psycho Billy sort of aspect yeah. to it as well, which is interesting. They've got the little pun with the B side and the and this. They've got the A side on the back. They call the B side. Yeah, I don't quite get that. And then yeah. the the B side on the back they l- l- list as the C yeah, side. Yeah, so there's the no C A side. But then oh, when you get, I just yeah got the that. C side. Oh, that's laboured. It's terrible, just, yeah. It's like one of his gags, isn't it? But um, oh, I guess that's a good point. I feel hoodwinked. <laughs> the artwork and everything is quite. I mean, they've put some effort into it. I mean, it's they? very eighties as well. It still it manages to be kind of retro fifties, sixties seaside British postcard, and also extremely eighties in that kind of smash it looking magazine yes. way. Like you look at the photographs on the back of them all doing Photoshop, and it's all like. Do you want a more pastel purple background to stand against with your garish colour Those clashing? photos look extremely sort of... What was that magazine you just mentioned? Looking. Like looking or anything like that, you know? Yeah. And that's eight, this is 86. What was the pop music one called? Smash It. Smash It. It's very Smash It style photo sheets, aren't yeah. they? And like, it's not the 80s unless you're wearing red, yellow, green and black in one costume at the same time. But they've uh, relented on the actual label on the disc because it has A side and B side. But you think people get confused and say, I, guess... I bought this and it only had the B and C. Yeah. Where is my A? Well, that's it because, you know, that is sometimes the convention, isn't it? If you have a double LP, you'll have A, B, C and D side. Like that Python. Yeah. Yeah, like that Python. I wasn't matching time. Well, if you had two discs, you'd have... Do you see what I no, mean? no, but I'm yeah. talking about three-sided discs. Like no, you're Python. talking about something else now. Yeah, well, we've talked about before in the past, and also the Techmo, which we have to bring up again, did a thing about a that, racing record, the racing record, which had multiple grooves, eight grooves, in. eight horses, eight, eight grooves, eight tracks. So depending on where you put the needle down, depends on a different outcome of that track, which you know is simple and ingenious. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I'm not a huge fan of that type of music and that type of comedy, certainly from that era, but. There's no doubt that, in many respects, this is an important part of British culture. This is an important part of that comedy voice. You just don't get stuff like this anymore these days, do you? No. And you would never have, you know, you would never have someone be able to put something like out like of that quality out on but their no, own. There's like almost that. no need to now because of the kind of, you know, democratization of, of media where me and you can make a fucking podcast or people can do a YouTube and get an audience. People will release that stuff via their own channels and find their own audiences where you had to have a label to be the voice of you yeah. back then. Yeah. So, for instance, Island Records, was that primarily for spoken word originally? Was it? I think so. It's no, Island like was started by Chris Blackwell in Jamaica. Oh, maybe I'm wrong there. I, me- I remember there was a label created just for t- spoken records, but then it evolved into something else. I thought it was Island Records. Definitely I, not Island, I wouldn't have oh, thought. Oh, I thought there was a fact about Island Records. That was all. Oh, they have Justin Bieber on their label now, do I? Yeah, they're huge. Ah. They're one of the ones who survived, Jeff. Yeah, the... Oh, yeah, started in Jamaica and then eventually sold to Polygram in yeah. 89, which Polygram. then got absorbed into Sony. Oh, right, Polygram. I believe it's Polygram and Sony. I might be wrong on yeah, that. Yeah, but... Polygram aren't around anymore. Oh. Uh, oh. Uh... <laughs> But, but yeah, but, started by one person. Yes, Island were. But briefly, we can probably talk about how this. When we were listening to this, we went. This album, this EP, is in many respects similar to another album we both like and enjoy, called Neil Hamburger's. Was it First of Dismay? The First of Dismay. Yeah, yeah which is a collection of his purposely awful, horrible, aggressive stand-up and songs and songs. Really good songs. They're not good. No, they're... well, they should we play one? I want to play. Which the, one? The one I want to play. Uh, I can't remember because I don't have it with us right now. Oh, about the the nostalgia about yeah. things not being the same. Yeah. Yeah. Or I'm temp. Maybe I should put in like uh, the one about the bags. Here you can't find the end. Endless roll. Endless. Which yeah. is a kind of discoy hit. Yeah. I'm kind of. Well, I don't know. Let's put that one in. I'll put right. the disco in one. My life is being measured 
this endless roll, this endless roll. My life is being measured by this endless roll, this endless roll. This roll of terrible bags, 200 terrible bags. These bags infuriate me to no end, to no end. Neil Hamburger is again an interesting guy that deals in similar a mix of comedy and music. Yes. Like he takes the music more seriously than his own comedy, well, but I know the know, comedy is the thing. Before the stand up sort of really evolved as its own thing, it was sort of song and dance people would do stand up, wouldn't they? Like Bruce Forsyth or whatever. It was part of the variety thing. You had to be able to sing as an entertainer. Yeah. And stand up was one aspect of being an entertainer. You weren't just, just you couldn't just do gags. No. Until later on, I guess. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's what I was going to say. It's like, in, in many respects, it feels like you've got artists who, in Ted Chippington's case, and I think in Neil Hamburger's case, they're like, the genre of comedy is at the moment primarily stand-up, but I'm going to use this identity to be one of a, a, a pastiche on the light entertainer. The entertainers, Vic yeah. Reeves is, is very similar. Vic yes. Reeves' initial character for Big Night Out was, I'm a, I'm a light entertainer. He's a and dance guy. And then yeah, everything yeah. was undercut with how he lived in a weird world and yeah. nothing worked. Yeah. You know, so there's, there's a history of the subversive light entertainer. Where Absolutely. You've got, where you've yeah. got, on one hand, you've got like, you know, Bruce Forsyth. On the other hand, you've got someone at the other end of the scale like, like, I mean, maybe even Barry Humphreys is could fall into that. Yeah, you know what I mean. He was alternative. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, but if you think about it, all of those comics, they used to those light entertainment people. They used to do songs. Tarbuck used to do songs. Well, that's what didn't um, Monkhouse well, used to do songs? Oh yeah, as they well. all did because yeah. that was they had pa- to do his songs. They had you? to have yeah. a, a catalogue of material. And so, but it's funny when you look at it because you look at like Rick Mail and the young ones and how they attacked that directly in Filthy Rich and Cat Flap. The idea of... Because at that point, the spotlight was on alternative comedy to be like, you're you're, you're breaking the system, aren't you? You're yeah. smashing it down. But actually, I think there's a lot of fondness in that show. And you look back and later, and like all the alternative comics all say, oh no, we loved Monkhouse. And we yeah. we got that. And we, we loved more coming wise. They yeah. didn't really want to pull it down. But no. at the same time, you're a new comedy voice. You have to fight against something. But it's very something. similar to punk in that way, that it's characterised yeah. as being iconoclastic and, you know, we hate the Stones. But they all love the Rolling Stones, those punk people. Do you know what I mean? Like, certainly wanted the lifestyle. Yeah. You know, that's kind of what it comes down to. Yeah, but they didn't, you know, they said, oh, the, we're, we're tearing everything down and building a new thing and all of those are dinosaurs. But in fact, they liked a lot of it. Yeah, you they know loved I mean? a lot yeah. of it. And so that's why it, it's it's not easily cut. And that's why I like acts like Ted Chibberton and Vic Reeves and, and Tim Heidecker and Neil Hamburger, where they're going, there's more to us than this, but we're going to do it our way. And our way just happens to be a deconstruction of everything we love. Mm. But you're going to think it's an attack on that stuff. Yes. Like Tim Heidecker's recently done a stand-up show. Which we haven't seen yet. Which we haven't seen yet, but I'm looking forward to it because the reviews have all said it is. it, 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 it takes the tropes of popular stand-up yes. and, 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 and lampoons and, them, and, lampoons them yeah. and exaggerates them. Yeah. 
And I like that because I'm fucking sick and tired of modern hate, stand-up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like the form. I think it's re- I think it's stale at the moment. It is very stale. And I would rather see more Ted Chippingtons. The problem is with stand-up because it was a huge boom, wasn't there, earlier this century uh, in this in country. In the 90s, yeah, when like Newman Badil became yeah, a rock also, and roll it, comedy it, act. It reached its sort of saturation point in the early 2000s, didn't it? Sort yeah. Of, yeah. And it just got so tropey and... You know, and it's just audiences. You do, it just breaks people because they've got some interesting material or whatever, good material. Yeah. But people just want the dick jokes. I mean, it's a cliche, but they do, and they want you know. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, oh, I've got a big fat wobbly cocker and rubbing a big wooden gooch on uh, me knobbage. Oh, bing 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 here is today's knob gag by Eli Silverman. I am Mr. Splodge, and I walk down the street. I get my knob out, and then I splodge on your car seat. I have got to a head, and I've got one downstairs below. And when I splodge up your mum, you'll know I've said, Go slow. Author! 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 Splodge! What a piece of... Anti-comedy genius. Right. I thought it was going to be funny, and actually, it wasn't. Oh, uh, that's you... it. The segment's over. We're done now. Thank you, you very much. Do you want to do it? What, do you, what were you going to say? I've, d- I've just nothing. Nothing. You no. got nothing. I got nothing. We've already done an episode. I'm flagging. No, don't try it. Don't try it. Stop wobbling your wooden stick. Well, my wooden granddad's going to have a bit of fun over the next break. So come back and join us for the next segment where I rub wood. On me wood, up oh, and then and this. Oh, this fucking fucking bullshit. You know what? I'm just, I'm reaching and searching yeah, yeah, and wading through it's the mud working. of imagination. We had the magic on the previous yeah, know, episode. We did. That's why we don't do two episodes in a row anymore. I know. It's, it's fucking second terrible. Second episode's always fucking oh. shit. <laughs> <laughs> Press the fucking button. Oh, here comes a trundler. Trindle, trundle, trindle, trundle. Am I meant to get involved in this one? I don't know what you want. No, I'm, I'm just... Well, stop interrupting me. All right. Okay. Here comes a little trundler, Paul. What is a trundler? Then, no, stop interrupting in... me. I'm, I'll, every question I ask you in this bit is rhetorical. Is that one? That wasn't a question. It's my one. Is my one what? Rhetorical. Is this question rhetorical? You're, you're not allowed to speak. Is that clear enough? Is this question rhetorical? Yes. Are you sure? <laughs> Shut up. I'm going to do my Gannon Golden Games bit now. All right, so here comes a little trundler. What's he saying? Well, ah, what's a trundler? It's a I'll, robot. All right, fine. That's all I needed. It's a robot with for wheels. For a visual image for me it's, and the listening audience. It's a robot audience. with wheels. Here he comes. Squeaky, 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 squeaky. Import needed. 0.5. Why does your robot sound like a broken <laughs> Tweaky from Book Rogers? Whatever well, his he name was a was. robot, wasn't was he? Was his name Tweaky? Twinkie. Twinkie. No, Twiggy. <laughs> Twiggy, Twiggy, Twiggy. That's what he said, didn't he? Twiggy, Twiggy, Twiggy. Now we go, Wiggy, Wiggy, Wiggy. You know who voiced it? Who voiced him? Who? Mel Blanc. Mel Blanc. Mel Blanc. <laughs> who did... Uh, Blank. What's up, Doc? Right. And uh, you're despicable. I can do all those impressions. Trundle, trundle, trundle. Oh, right, he's doing this. Trundle, trundle, trundle. Uh, input needed. Input needed, uh, yeah. 0.5. Beep, bop, bleep, bloop. What is the input? Uh, what is Next the meaning line, of love? Slash zero point two. Go e- to run repeat. Run, enter. Run repeat. E- 
Gannon's golden games. You know he's never touched a computer in his life. Gannon's this motherfucker, golden don't you? enter. Gannon's golden games. 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 Oh. I hit him with my stick because that ends now. It is Gannon's golden games. Where... Yeah, it's golden games. It's Paul's playful is, pastimes. Is Welcome to Paul's playful pastimes, where I go through the uh, auction sites, shops, and streets of the UK <laughs> to look for uh, interesting board games. Paul, now, just this- let me stop you there for one second. It's gotta go, guys. Gotta go, guys. Here he goes. There he goes. Gotta go, guys. I'll strike you with this fucking stick of justice. Come on, show your little fucking toy to the... Yeah, you better flinch. Fucking hell. <laughs> Seriously, man. Oh, dear. Just go and go, go, go. It's just go, go, go. Yeah. It's just go, go, go. 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 It's go, go, go. He's playing along now. He's go, he's go. Go, go, go. This is what the person on YouTube complained about. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> no. Right, I've stopped. See, it is effective. Violence is effective. Just so you know, it is effective. You've got a very right. special game, game, game today, yes. Paul. So, because this is something you desired in your heart of hearts. I heart. have coveted this for a while. So... We have done on the show before, The Price is Right. We did that board game from the 70s starring Leslie Crowther edition of the board game. What, did it have a picture of Crowther on it? Yeah, on uh. the front cover. And it was, I thought, awful as a board game. Poor. Because it doesn't give you any kind of cognitive reason to guess a price because it's all random based on a spin of a dial and a... You know what I mean? So, the prices are randomly selected and they have no bear no relation to the real world objects which they represent. No, not at all. So yeah. there's no, there's almost no point in playing it because no, it's just chance. It's the joy of the price of right is thinking from your w- real world experience yeah. what things cost. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. What things that's, generally cost. That's the thrust of the show. That's the thrust of it. Guess the price. It's and like when you ask right. politicians these days, they always love asking them how much a pint of milk costs to catch yeah. them out. And they go, oh, I believe it's my, I believe my butler says it's not I drink the milk pence. of my, my mother still. She I, desiccates it into a, a jar I, and I get it squirty by my man. He's squirty. I have dick titty. <laughs> right, so... So I got this on eBay. Now, I'm just going to go out ahead and be honest. This wasn't cheap. It wasn't It wasn't cheap. expensive. You know what I mean? But it wasn't £5 at a charity shop. This cost me $15 on eBay. And unfortunately, most of the price went on the packaging to send it, which was another 20 I think you should explain to the listeners what it is. It is a plastic toy, an electronic toy made by Irwin Toys from Canada. And it is a... The Price is Right electronic game show system. And it's this little plastic thing that looks like almost like a till. Like, like a, a cash register. register yeah. yeah. I love it. It's so, got a wheel on the side. The big wheel on the side that you spin. Oh, that's the wheel, yeah. Yeah. And then you've got Plinko on the back, which is, you know, that kind of uh, drop-the-discs Unfortunately, game this it didn't come with the discs that are needed. Which is why I got this as cheap as I did, because mm. a complete set was like $60, $70. That's a lot more, yeah. And uh, I, I don't want it that much. But then I saw this, and I was very lucky enough to win the auction on this for like $15. And you could uh, find some... Uh, little plastic pucks that would fit in there. That's Hope, still I'm, a little I'm mis- aiming to. I've just had a, a thought. Well, perhaps the head of a the head of a drawing pin. That'd be too small, I think. 
But I know what you're thinking. I think that'd be just disc. Too you need small. a disc shape. It would need to be about the size of a small fingernail. Oh, okay. I think you know what I mean because right. it has to be big enough to not just randomly fall straight down. If it's too small, it, it might to, just. Yes, it needs to fit between, and also it's quite difficult. Perhaps you could um, contact the manufacturer and see what the dimensions of those pucks are, and then three. I've already been some. in touch with them to say, "Do you have any spurs lying around?" Oh, really? And I'm just okay. waiting to hear back on that. Okay, now. that because that happened with um. There's another board game I got that had something missing, and I just contacted the toy company. And they, and they went, "Here's a PDF of the file you need of a, of the instructions." It was Golden Balls, oh, which we haven't done on the show yet. Oh, I'd love to do that. But yeah, Golden Balls. It was, and it didn't come with instructions, but it was two pound in a charity shop complete and it's a huge board and game. they just sent you the pdf no yeah. no questions asked no questions asked you so thank you for buying it and even said i got it second hand so that's why i didn't have it so they, they were didn't like mind well yeah, it's, it's, it was discontinued so yeah. no skin off their nose so this little plastic toy is not that big it's about the size of a seven inch thing single yeah it? and it's, um, it's got a little keyboard on a little lcd screen where you, you know you can type your answers in but also little animations happen because it's just big enough nice for quality little animations. screen it's not just like um it's like a dot matrix, proper dot matrix. It's L- I think it's, that is still counts as LCD dot matrix. It's like yes, but it's not one of those ones where the where you just have the words scrolling past. No, it can do pictures and it can do little things. More lines of dialogue and more images. It's it's. I'll, there'll be pictures, as I say, on the website. So let me just turn this on because this is the best thing. It's got music and sound effects as well. Where's the speaker? I like that sound. I like the. Um, I like the music for the person. I love the music. It's that nicey kind of seventies cheesy kind of thing, you know. So, do I want the sound turned off? Press Enter for yes. Press Cancel for no. Cancel. So I want the sound effects. It's only quiet. It's not the loudest thing in the world, but it's there. How many players? Two, three, or four? Let's do that in a minute. So, how this works is electronic game it's all built in there but there are cards that related to each round and game so for instance this card has four items on so when i punch the code card code you put the card in the slot at the top no only to, only for show it's just there to uh, it show it doesn't read the card no right. you type in the code and then it knows that those four items on the card are you what you're playing within the I game i see I see. So, and how many cards are there? Well, there's only a few because the first round is contestants row, which is the familiar round where here's an item. Oh, What's a your card guess? for each round? Is yeah. There? Okay. This has ten games from the TV show that translate to this. When you play it, you play four rounds and then big wheel and then the uh, showcase showdown. So six rounds in all. Okay, but we're going to choose the one that doesn't have Plinko on it, basically. Basically. But we can okay. choose those ourselves. When you win the contestants row, you get to pick the card game you want to play. All right. I'm not allowed to pick Plinko. It's just we can't play it. Ah. It's a shame, but we can't play that one because we don't yeah. have the discs yeah. or anything suitable to slip in to replace it. But, you know, there's still another nine games there. When was this like, manufactured, Paul? 2008, this. So it's pretty high tech, really. It's for its time. Were there electronic versions of the Price of Right before this? Yes. Were less high tech. There was a plug-in TV game thing. Oh, there wow. was a Tiger made a load of, obviously, as you can imagine. Yeah. And the Tiger game doesn't translate because, you know, it's an LCD Tiger electronics game. This is actually game. quite a nice build. There's, you know, it's lovely. It's, it's quite a nice thing. It's adorable as well. It looks cute. It used this color scheme: the orange, the yellow, the blues. Nicely designed with the plinko on the back. I love it. And the wheel on the side. Yeah. And it gives you a really because me and my girlfriend were playing this last night for ages. It gives you a really good. What's the word I'm looking for? You know, experience. A, a simile of the TV. Being experience. a contestant. Yeah. Yeah. All it's lacking, really, is a bit more props and toys. But fuck it, it's all on the LCD screen. All right, I'm, so, I'm uh, raring so to uh, give it a go. I've picked out the uh, contestants row card for this game. And so I'm going to put it there on the top, just for now. Because you need to look at the items. So you can have a visual idea of how you think, how much you now, think they Now, how are we going to beat 
uh, we were going to be playing against each other. Yes. We, this, you can play up to four people on this. We just need two right now. Program that in. I'm going to program. But basically, once Gans, I press Gans, two, Gans. we're starting. So are you good to go? Are you I'm ready? Because this, this is a lot of fun. Now, I'll say this before we get going. When me and my girlfriend played this, we were shocked by how we undervalued a lot of stuff. Here's a clock. 400 quid. Seven thousand pounds. Okay. So it's I it's I don't know where it's they the source the prices. Yeah. Canada. Well, yeah, but I is don't it in know dollars? where they source. Yeah, it's in dollars. But it's no, American. The Canadian game. dollar is is it's small. A, it's just made in Canada. It doesn't mean it's the value is Canadian money. Well, is it or isn't it? No, it's not. It's in dollars. In American US dollars. dollars. Because I imagine all they're doing is maybe they're going through the show and going, "That's how much that was cut price." So they're going to attach that price to this item. Okay, and also things, you know, there's been inflation since 2008, hasn't there? So. Yeah, so it's, it's hard to judge, but once you go, oh, I see what this game's doing, then you start to maybe do more accurate So you're guessing. telling me, as a hint, go higher than you would think? When possible. Because okay. obviously there's rounds where it's like, how much is this price of milk? And that's whatever. Yeah. But like a clock, 500 quid, I don't know, and it's like $700 or eight. All right. It's weird. You got it, you got it too low a lot of the times, is what yeah. you're saying. So... Let's get going. Okay. Let's type. I'm going to type two players in. Let's play The Price is Right. Hey. There's a little text that comes up. Da, 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 da. Enter contestant row card number. So I'm going to type in 416. Is this you? This is yeah. you go first. Four, one, six. But don't we get take turns? Yeah, we do. Oh. So that's so you know the bot the dot is enter and the star is cancel. Okay. So if you're typing stuff in you make a mistake, you just press cancel. So four one six enter. Here is the item that you're bidding for. You are bidding on item one. Howard Miller clock. Wall clock. So you can have a look at the picture there. It's that one there, the green clock. What do you think of it? It, do you think it looks classy? I it's, think you just described the clock as being exactly the price of it. No, I didn't, because I don't know the price. I don't know the price of it until we guess, and it tells us the answer. And sometimes when you guess an answer wrong in this game, it doesn't tell you the price at all. So, how much do you think, you what we're bidding on for item one, Howard Miller clock wall clock? $700. I don't know anything about Howard Miller, though. Am I going first here? Yeah. 700 Well, I'll type in 700 700 Yeah. I'm going to go lower. I'm going to say that's about 250 Okay. Right, here we go. Enter. Player one, your bid is £700. My bid was 200 It was 2,020 quid. Whoa! That's, that's a fucking wall clock. It's a good one. Good name. So who, who won then? You. I was closer. Right, okay. In that case, you get to pick a card. Hey. So do you want to play... Grocery game, high-low. Do you want to play... They're all random, these cards. They're not really sold out. Do you want to play Magic Number? Do you want to Grocery. play... Do you want, hang on, there's a few more. Uh, they have Clock Game. Grocery. They have pick, in, pick a Pair. Grocery Game. Cliffhanger. Grocery Game. You want the Grocery Game. All right, okay, cool. So here's how the Grocery Game works. There are five items, right? Yeah. And then I think... Well, the game will tell you. I'll let you read it out. Okay, okay can I so get to press some buttons now? Yeah. So I'll let you do this. 276, you type in. Remember, the dot and is And then enter. enter, yeah? Yeah. Okay, 276. Enter is the dot. Yeah. Hey! hey. Cash register, so what, you have to read it. You are playing for Maida or Fanny. Fireplace window screen worth 
<laughs> That's the problem. The, the, the backlight goes on and off, which is really annoying. How can I get it to play again? It scrolls, so it should do it again. But basically, your prize is that one in the top corner there. Ooh. So that picture, whatever that is. That's a, like a screen. Yeah. Mm. Nice. So now you have to wait for the rules to scroll around, so it should tell you what you need to do in this game. Okay, waiting. All right. Should we play a different game? No. What's it say? It's going round again now. I'll fucking read it, because you're fucking useless. Stop eating. They're having an iron brew pasta. Right, so, it's going to list five items, right? You've got to make a grocery list with these items that is between $20 and $21 by purchasing a combination of these items to win. Item one, Clorox bathroom cleaner. Item two, jelly belly beans. Item three, Westbrae natural salad beans. Salad Item beans. four, Nestle drumstick. Number five, Little what? Debbie Nutty Bars. What? They're there on that card. So you have to now tell me what item you want and how many of them you want. And you've got to make a shopping list of those items that ma that goes up to 20 or no more than $21. So, for instance, do you think how much do you think two, two toilet cleaners will cost? Oh, is that toilet cleaner? Yeah. I think two would be about $8. All right, so what is number two again? Two is Jelly Bellies. All right, so you want to get some Jelly Bellies, yeah? Yeah, I think they're about three fifty. Five. Five dollars for the Jelly Bellies. All right, so how many quantities of them do you want to get? One. So I'm going to put... What number is it for Jelly Belly? Two. Two. So I put number two in, and then I put quantity of one. And that tells you... I'll tell you how much it costs. Enter. Those cost you six ninety nine. Right. Now, you can't use Jelly Belly again. You've got those four items left. You need to pick up another item or two to make it up to $20. Oh, okay. So that was $6.99 for those jelly beans. I said it was about 5 didn't yeah, I? Yeah, right. didn't so look bad. You've got the drumstick still, you've got the salad beans, you've got the nutty bars. Salad beans? I don't know, maybe it just means liver beans or liver beans or something like that. Liver beans? I don't know. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is that what, just is, come on. Is that what something that like a, a grandma... This is already long enough. Is that like, uh, uh, you know, a lady will feed her kids liver on the sly by saying they're beans? Yes. Wasn't yeah. worth it. Come on. So, what, uh, not next. Well, I think the spray. So, the spray. What number item is that? One. One. And how, what quantities of it? I'd go for two. So, I'm going to put one of so a quantity what, of it? two. Enter. Now, you've got $12.97 you've spent altogether. Okay. So, that was like another $7 on top of what you bought right. before. So, you've got another eight no more than $8, eight or, to make eight or nine. with the three items you got left. So, what else have you got? I have to use all items. No, you don't have to use all items, but once you've used one, you can't use it again. I want three cans of the salad beans, please. What number of salad beans? Three. Three with a quantity of what? Three. Three. Mentoring it, you sure? Uh... Now you're at $15. <sighs> they were a lot cheaper than I thought. Yeah, so you've got... Can I stick? Well, I have to. I have to hit the you've target. You've got to. You've got to carry on now until you either crap out or you don't make the target with five items. All right, I'm fifteen and I've got another five. I so, think. Go on. What What else do you want to put in? Two packs of the drumsticks, please. So what number is drumsticks? Four. Four and two of those. Yeah. All right. Let's put it in. Oh, it came to twenty-two dollars oh, thirty. Fuck this. So you went over. Da, 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 da. Right, here's the next item on the on the row. It is a refrigerator. It's a nice big standing refrigerator. Oh, is that what you're going to play this now? Well, uh, I think I get to go first this time. So I'm playing for a refrigerator. Oh, player one. Well, no one yet because you won that first game, but you lost the game overall. 
it will go through to whoever wins the contestants row. Okay. So it's all going to come down to that, really. All right. So, item one, refrigerator, Eli, you're player one. What do you think that big standing refrigerator costs? It's a nice big one. Silver chrome finish. Refrigerator. Pretty lady standing next to it. The, the 2000 2000 on the nose. Yeah. I'm going to say much higher. I'm going to say 6000 for that. 6000 goes in. Enter. All bids are over the retail price. So we've overvalued it. Right. So what do you want to do again? You get to have another guess. So you said 2000 It was over. Well, mine was over. I don't know if yours was. That's where it's a bit vague. So... What do you think it is? I could stick with two grand, could I? I guess. Do you yeah. want to? I'll go for seventeen fifty. All right, seventeen fifty. All right, seventeen fifty. Right, I'm gonna say oh, one thousand four hundred. All right, enter. All bids are over the retail price. All right, I think it's cheap this fridge. I'm about to say because in the fucking wall clock was five grand or fucking whatever. <laughs> Right, okay, so what do you think? It, what, do you want to have another guess? Lower than 1,400, put it that way. I'd say, let's say 800. 800. Enter. And then I'm going to put, I'm going to put, I'm going to put 450 in. Really? It's not going to be that cheap. Well, we'll find out. Player one, bid 800. Player two, 450. 1,099 pounds. Player oh, one wins again, so you get to go for the next round. Come on. So, what game do you want to play next, Mr. Silverman? What's a fun one? Uh, What's magic number? Magic number is you've got two items, and yeah. all you've got to do is guess a price that's in between those two items, except it doesn't tell you what the price is. So, if it's a fridge and a TV, you go, well, that's 1,000, that's 2,000. So, I'm going to say the the answer is 1,300. Nah, nah. All right. Okay, uh, so you got high-low. 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 Hi, Enter. I'll tell you what, I'll just read this out to you, all right? Okay. And then you can play. And then when we swap, if I get a game, you can do the same. Yeah. Here we go. Da, 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 da. Hi, low. You are playing for a Honda motor scooter worth $2,000. That's nice. Nice scooter, that. Pick the three highest prices from that card to win. Item one is Chips Ahoy chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> Item two is V8 vegetable juice. Do you like that? No. Ultra Downy Fabric Softener is number three. Number four, Pringles Potato Chips. Number five, Little Debbie Honey Buns. I've never heard of that. Never. And number six, La Choi Soy Sauce. La so choice. you've got to pick. La Choice. La Choi Soy Sauce. La Choi. La Choi Soy Sauce. I like it. So you've got to pick three items from that list that you think are the most expensive items. Mm. So chocolate chips, soy sauce. Soy sauce is not expensive. Pringles, not expensive. Vegetable juice. And I know conditioner, fabric conditioner, that's pretty. That's more okay. expensive than food of the same weight. So definitely. when you pick the three, tell me the numbers and I'll dial them in. I'll go for number three. Which is what? The uh, fabric softener or whatever. The right. Detergent. Yeah. Go what on. are the honey buns? They're just kind of sweets or some kind of confection. I think she's like the Mr. Kipling of America. It's that kind of thing. I think the Pringles are going to be more. All right. I'll also go for number two, the V8 vegetable juice, please. Number two. So three, two, and one more number. I'm going to go for the Pringles. I think they're a bit more expensive. What number is that? Four. Four. So three, two, four. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Here are the answers then. I'm putting them in. Enter. Item one. The Chips Ahoy. Chocolate chip cookies. 55 cents. Cheap. V8 vegetable juice. 2.99. Come on. That's one Good of the, start. That's one Item of the three. One. Fabric softener. 6.99. That's the most expensive. That's good. Ooh. Pringles. Crisps. 
79 cents. Oh, no. Item five, Little Debbie Honey Buns. Oh, no. 1.99. And item number six, La Choy Soy Sauce. 168. Fuck. So you selected three, two, and four. Sorry, better luck next time. Ah. Uh, Back to contestants row for our fourth, third item. I think Pringles is cheaper in the States. Luggage. You are bidding on item three. American Tourister luggage set. There's the picture of him. Have a little think. What do you think the price is of that luggage set? Mm. Hey, fancy luggage. $700. $700, he says. Enters it in. I'm going to go for 300 Okay. $300. Enter. You bid 700 I bid three. The answer is 640 I'm close. Well done. You're I keep getting these. You're doing really well. I'm shit at this. Come on. <laughs> like give me pick another twins. card. What do you want to play? You've got Cliffhanger. It's Cliffhanger. Come on. You're shit at this. You can't even set it up properly, as we know. Yeah, well, you've got three items. Right. Two dollar, two digit dollar value. Okay. Right? There's uh, the all card. All two digit dollar value. So let me pick a type one, two, two in. So I'm just going to enter one, two, two. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, it's up a mountain, isn't it? Yes, yeah, the mountain game. <laughs> hey! You're playing for a Brody Hill bedroom set worth $5,000. Oh, hello. So, this is exciting. Mr. Silverman. Yes. Right, you've got three items. You have, uh, you've got, enter the price of item one, the Lidman's broom brushes. So, the first item is the Linton broom blush brushes. Libman broom brushes. <laughs> <laughs> Enter the You're price right. of how much you think that costs. Okay, so it's a set of brushes, yeah? Yeah. It's, um, it's going to be about $15, I'd say. Now, just like in the cliffhanger we've played of ch- Price of Shite, depending on what you're under or over, the, whatever the difference is, is how far you got the mountain, yes. and there's 25 steps on this. There are so, 25 steps, are there? Let's find out how this goes. Ready? What did you say it was? 15 $15. Ready? Yeah. Now you're going to see animation of it going up the hill. Here we go. Oh, well done. Only $4 over the price. I was four over. It was 11 was it? Right, the next one is an MP3 player. So how much do you think the MP3 player is based uh, this on that? MP3 player. Yeah. Weird. This is all out of date I know, it's like late now, isn't it? It's like, yeah, early noughties tech. So how much oh, do you think that is? No, how was an iPod was like 100 quid, wasn't it? Yeah, but it's Dell, so it's not the best. It's part. not the best, is it? So yeah. it's... Uh, but it's still going to be in that range, I think. Yeah, it's, it's going like, to be in that range. It's got to be more than whatever you said for the first one. Would you say twelve dollars? They're always going to be more. Is I it? think it works like that, like the way it's we def- played. I know. It. I would have said more than twelve anyway. Yeah. I think it's like sixty-five, 65. seventy-five, seventy-five. Yeah. I'm going to put it in then. Do you want to have a look? Seventy-five, 75. bucks. Seventy-five. Hit me. Here we go. I'm entering it now. He's going up the mountain. Oh, he's going right up. He's going right up. Oh, it's still going. He's going past 22, 23, 24, 25. He's off the cliff. Fuck this fuck. Stupid fuck. How much was it? It doesn't say. It doesn't say specifically so you can reuse the card again. Oh, fucking bollocks. Next item. The last one. Item four. I'm not playing, am I? I've lost No, already. but it's the last contestant's row. It's a barbecue galore set. That's exciting, isn't it? Looks like a plunger. No, it's this one. You look at the wrong image. That's the card for the last game we just played, you twat. Well, that's an MP3 player, isn't it? Yeah, that? but this is we're doing back to contestants row now. So it's me or you. Let's oh, go right. through to the final round. So oh, this barbecue. Yeah, how that's... much is the barbecue set cost? How much do you think? No, it's, oh yeah, it is me first. It is you first. Player what? two, what is your bid? Yeah, what's your bid? Barbecue set. It's going to be like, I'm going to say $50. I'd say $350. $350 for that? It's a range. It's got a gas. You've oh, already put it in. Oh, fuck. 
fuck. Really I thought it was one of those shitty little well, ones. Listen, I keep winning these and I can't win the fucking games, can yeah. I? All right, well, here we go then. So what do you say it was? 350. 350. You, I said 50. You said 350. The answer is 649 quid. Yeah, so yeah. you were almost spot on. So well, you've got another game to play. Yes. What do you want to play? It's something good. You pick, Paul, because you haven't had much luck, have you? All right. You pick a game for me to play, please. All right. Oh, I, I tell you what, I'll one put this one in because you get to press the buttons in and hey. it's a bit manic, right? Hey. This is clock game. You've got two items. You have to guess the price. It's a two-digit number, I think. So 71, 56, whatever. Yeah. So that's your enter button. So you dial one, two. If it was 12, enter, right? Yeah, yeah. When you press enter, it will tell you if you're higher or lower than the price it costs. Okay? Yeah. You see what I'm and saying? And then what do I do? Well, if you're wrong, it'll just say try again. And you've got six, I think it's 45 seconds. To get the price. To get both prices. Well, they'll do them one at a time. Yeah, one at a time. So you've got one. I when you get, get stuck on the first one. It's what happened to me last night, right, mate. Okay. This is it's good, this, isn't it? Isn't it a lovely yeah. little toy? One, two, five. Ready? Enter. Oh, it's going. So I'll put the card in the top so you can see what the items are. Which there are your two items. You are playing. You're going to have to read it out for us, yeah. For VTech telephones. Uh, and Coleman camping gear. Good, good nice, good brands, prize, though. Yeah. You have 30 seconds to guess the value. The time starts when you enter the first guess. Okay, so that first item is... Enter the price of the VTEC telephones. Enter the price of the VTEC... Okay. Okay, so when you style in your first number and press enter, then the countdown begins. It's two digits. I believe it's two digits, but you'll soon find out, I guess. Okay, I'm going to say 50, 50 bucks. All right, 50 bucks. Enter. enter is the dot, yeah? Yeah. So what does it say, higher or lower? Uh, higher. Higher. Quick, your time's running out. So 75. How much? Enter. Higher. Higher. Higher than 75? 100 bucks. Higher. Oh, okay, so it isn't... 200. Higher. Oh, shit. 300. Higher. Oh, shit. 500. <laughs> 500. Higher. Shit. 1,000. It won't let me do 1,000. Okay, so it must be like, try 700 or something. I can't, how do I... Can I press... Uh, cancel? Cancel, yeah. Time's up. Fuck what, it. Did it tell you the price? No. Fuck. Right one to the big wheel. Oh, here we go. Yay, big da, wheel. Da, da, big da, wheel. Da, 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 Congratulations, da, da. player one and two. You're in the big wheel round. But I don't get nothing because I not win It still nothing. all goes down to the final showroom. Stupid. Big wheel. I didn't so, manage to win shit. Player one, spin the big wheel and enter your spin amount. All right. So you remember how this goes. You've got to get no more than 100 on two rolls. So if you spin it and you get 50, say... You can either roll it again or go safe. Right. Whereas I might roll it and get a 60, which means I win, but I might roll it again and get 60 again. That means I've gone over. You see what I yes. mean? So, spin the little plastic wheel at the side. Tell me what the little red arrow says. 60. So you type 60 and then press enter. Yeah, he's pressing it in now. Beep, bloop, enter. But it's... It says it in pence because it's meant to be in cents. It's not like... It's meant to be 50 so just, cents. that's it. Just, yeah, I you type 60 cents. cents. Yeah. And then enter, yeah? Yeah. What's it say now? Do you want to spin again? Do you want to stick with that or do you want to spin again? I want to spin again. All right. So spin it. Once you've said yes, you want to spin again, then spin it. Yeah. Here we go. What's it say? Oh, what was it? 100. So, yeah, you fucked it. So Fuck 100. This. Enter. You went over the $1. So now it's my go. Oh, I see what that sound effect is. It's the tick, 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 tick. Right. Player two. Spin the wheel. This is exciting, isn't it? Spin the wheel and enter your spin amount. 20. Fuck. You're going to have to spin again. I'm going to have to spin again. Well, you could just... You've won already. Do you want... I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to. I like the drama. All right. 
So I'm going to do that. I'm just going to I'm going to film this. We one don't want to both lose. We want someone to win. Why no, one, we both go through to the showcase showdown. Oh, we do. If you're playing with three or four people, only two can go through to the showcase. Well, we both do. Well, because we're both There's no here. point playing this then. No, it's it's because it's fun, you prick. Come right, on, here spin we go. again. I hope you bust. Right, here we go. So I got twenty last time. Here we go. Twenty-five. There you go. So I tile twenty-five. Congratulations, players one and two. You made it through to the showcase. Right. Right, good. So, showcase showdown. That was pointless, that bit, wasn't it? It was a bit pointless. There's no stakes <laughs> in that at all when there's only two of us in it. Yeah. But if there was three I of us... I can see how it works. Only two would go two, through. Top two, yeah. yeah. So, enter the showcase card number. So, I'm going to enter in... So, just going ahead. I enter in the one number, but it's for both sides. So, I'm going to play for the first round, and then you'll play for the second, okay. or whoever ends up being first. So, player okay. one... You'll do these four, and I'll do these four okay. items. You know how the, the the showcase showdown works, right? No, you get four items. Four items, images on the card, yep. and you got to go how much do all those four items all added together all cost? All added together. Yeah. All right. so if it's a car and a holiday and a thing and a what's yeah, yeah. it, how much is all of that together? The total price of all, all right. four items. So I'm going to dial in five, two, two. Five, two, two. Enter. Showcase five, two, two for player one. Press any key to continue. I'll let you just do this one. Player one. So, hey, what is your bid for the following showcase? Read it out for us, please. Item one, Seattle trip. From where? Just wherever. item two, Pathfinder luggage set. Nice. Oh, is that different? Item three, Raleigh's Island rope hammock. Nice. Item four, Mercury sable car. Mercury sable car. So there you go. You got a car, a holiday, some luggage, and a hammock. So how much does all that cost altogether? Right, I think the luggage is about 600. A car is like 10 grand? Is it more? It's more like 20 grand, isn't it? I don't know. Car is 20 grand. And this is 2008 prices we're talking about. I think a car's 20 grand. So, and a trip to Seattle, 2,000. Trip for two to Seattle, we'll say two grand for that. All right. Uh, so what are we at? We're at 22,500. And a hammock, probably... 200 because they're hammocks are shit it's, yeah. well it might be a bit more costly because I don't know it's confusing it's not going to be more than 200 fucking right. quid is it $200. basically what happens is which, whoever, which one of us out of this showcase gets closest to the actual price wins so I'm saying 22,700 yeah. or then type it in 2,700 right Play two, there you go. Play two, and I do the four key. on the back. I do these four. I want to hear your reasonings as well, Paul. No, that's fine. All right, here we go. Any Give key to continue. Play a two. What is your bid for the following items? Item one is a Brazil trip for two. Item two is O.W. Lee Baker's rack. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Item three, little guy sleeping trailer. <laughs> Fucking four. <laughs> Northgate and Stillwear glassware. Uh, Look at that little man. Look at that little man sleeper. I've never heard of that. It's a little man sleeper. What, what the fuck, fuck is that? that? It's like a trailer. <laughs> it's a trailer thing. I don't know it? what We're, that none is. None of us are drivers. So no, a, so what is it for, though? Is it just... It's like a U-Haul. It's like one of those... But you sleep in it. Yeah, it's like a little... It's like a caravan. And then what? The other thing's a fucking rack for your kitchen and some plates. It's a... Ba it's an, what does it say? It's a... It says, item one, Brazil trip. Item two, O.W. Lee Baker's rack. It's a baker's rack. Oh, I see. It's not so someone's put, name. You're, you're, I thought you're, it was O.W. Baker's rack, yeah, like her big tits. <laughs> and then oh, glassware. That's very, very poor. Oh, fuck <laughs> off. We've gone off an hour, that tit joke. So how much did all that cost? We've got a trip to Brazil. That's at least 900 quid, right? Is it? I don't know. Flight from America to Brazil. I don't know. I'm going to say at least a grand. 
the rack, I have no idea. Because trip for judging, two. It's a trip for two. Judging by the 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 rack. Oh, yeah, trip for two. All right, let's say say two and a half grand for that. Let's just big it up. Then we got a rack, which looks like shit. And then we got. <laughs> I really want to have the little man people carrier, whatever what that you, is. Ha- what would you hitch it to? Little guy sleeping trailer. I don't know. I hitch it to uh, Biffo. I've been riding around <laughs> like a horsey in the woods. Yeah. Oh, I like this. And I get out every once in a while and piss in the fern. And then some North Take glassware. So I see the glassware. Um, I don't know. So what? Two and a half grand. And I'm going to say like 800 quid for the rack. No, I'm going to say 1,200 for the rack. So that's, Really? Yeah, because these are things... I learned the hard way playing this They're last night. They're more expensive than you you've think. You've got to kind of over-egg the pudding somewhat. So we've got, let's say, a grand over the pudding. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that phrase. <laughs> That's perfectly legitimate is phrase. Is it? Perfectly crummy. I don't phrase. think it is, man. Perfectly crummy. I think you're mixing a metaphor Five, in a six, weird seven, way eight, there. Over egg the pudding. <laughs> I'm going to say. Too much, too much egg in the pudding. I'm going to say $12,000. Okay. 12000 Enter. Here we go. Your bid is 22000 That's me. Your showcase is worth twenty-eight. That's a difference of 5900 thingy. You are 12, out. I said. The actual one was 14,000, difference of 2,845, which means player two is the fucking winner. I won the price of right, and I did nothing till the end. Chod, my spot off. Come on, Chod. The price is gash. (laughs) Chod, neither at all. Well, I won that. That is a very fun little game, Paul. Compared to how we played the other price of right game, the price is right game. Much better. It's more involved. There's pictures. There's animations. You yeah. can kind of rationally think out the prices. It's fun. Uh, fun for all the family. And, yeah, you can all sit around and play this. Unfortunately, it will age. Yes and no. I guess it will. It will. But once you, get, once you start to understand the game and its parameters. You know the parameters of the particular items in the game. The so game it becomes itself. more fictional, but at least yeah. still rational. So there you go. Good. There's my Price is Right electronic game. And I fucking love this. This is one of my favourite things. I might touch it with me nubbin. Now you've got some other electronic games, haven't you, Paul? I'm going to be making a video on it, but I've got... Uh, Are we going to play any of these on the show? I would like to play the Family Feuds one. Or the uh, Family Fortunes one. Yeah. We have to have three plays for that because it's interesting. Right, next time we've got a guest, maybe. Yeah, because... After what, the pandemic. Ends. What's great about it is it's an LCD screen. Lockdown too. Right? Shut up. You'll like this. LCD screen, right, for two teams to play, but one can be the host, and the host gets a remote control screen that has the answers and everything on, so they know. Oh, I want to be the host. So you know what I mean? So you can press it. So if I say, oh, top 100 people say, what's their favourite Disney film? And you went, I went Snow White. If Snow White's on your list, you go, uh-uh. all right, yeah. But if it's not, you go, eh, eh, uh-uh. and you can pass and play. It's a lovely, lovely toy, but I think it's, it has to be a three-player thing. But there was There's that, also no, Golden got, Balls. Got cheap. Got, you got Golden Balls has an electronic. Yeah, I've got Let's Make a Deal electronic we game play by Golden Tiger. Balls two player or one. Yeah, again, no or, two player. We right. can do that. I've got uh, Let's Make a Deal. You know the What's Behind the Doors game. I've got electronic ones of that. I've got Countdown coming, and I've got What's another, in the box. Do they say that? That's a different. Thing. That's, that's a different show together. That's I think. seven. That's, that's no. That wasn't that take. That's take. that film. What's in the box? He says. Well, yeah, that's seven. Head. Yeah, but Bob Monkhouse never appeared in seven. <laughs> what's I'd in the like box? It. Why don't they have like What's in the Box as a game show and then it is some, someone's, someone's head. Someone's head. Oh, oh, Margaret from from Liverpool. What do you think's in the box number three? Oh, I don't know. Is it, is it an egg, egg, egg house? <laughs> no, love. 
egg houses don't exist and it's, it's your it's, husband's fucking it's head. It's your fucking husband's head. Oh, oh, I thought he'd been quiet recently. Over egg the pudding. That's a fine okay, phrase. Fine. I'll fucking look it up now. I've never, I've never heard the other half don't of Don't over egg the pudding. Over egg the pudding. Ah ha ha. Cambridge English Dictionary. Oh, I've never. Backs me up. Thank you, Cambridge English I never, Dictionary. I just know the expression is over-egging something. It means, it means to put stretch more, out much, or exaggerate. To put too much egg in a pudding. To be stretching it down, to bio-violate. You don't want an egg pudding. To catastrophize, drama queen, dramatization, embellish, embellishment, exaggeration. Now you are, you're literally doing it. Gush, you're Gushing hyperbole. You're over-egging Lord Sith with Sith. Wimbledize. <laughs> overrate. Pad Sith out. Protest. Shut stretch, up. Underrated Please. or undersell. You won the game. <laughs> you won the game. I won the prize of shite. And also, you, you said a, a phrase that was actually real as Thank well. Thank you. It's been a big day for Mr. Gannon. <laughs> and just like that, it's all over again. It's bye over. bye. Bye bye till next time. And now, what do we want to say? We want to do some housekeeping, Paul. Yes, we're going to do some housekeeping. There, we have a new P.O. box, people, for you to send noodles specifically to. And anything else, but mainly Box noodles sauces. or sauces. Sauces. Sorry, because I'm not listening to you. I'm just presuming that's what you're I saying. I wasn't saying anything. Right, good. You never do, mate. You, you never up. fucking I'll do. I'll read out the new P.O. box. All right, then. Here we go. So, yes, we have a new P.O. box. Now, if you want to send stuff to Digitimes as well, you can do. Yes, please but, do. But, you know, send us what you want. A, a, a price of shite of your own. Some board games, a vinyl, something silly. But don't go crazy. We are a cheap show. You don't have to spend thousands of pounds and then send it from New Zealand for another £20,000. Although, those very Australian kind. crisps were very interesting. Yeah, it's they? very kind. but Crisps of the much. world. And, and we have some crisps of the world coming up in future episodes. We do, actually. We? we have a lot of good crisps coming Ukrainian up real soon. Crisps. Yeah. And Scottish. Yes. I got excited that wasn't me being angry. Sorry. So what's the P.O. Box, sir? The P.O. Box for you to send snuff to Cheap Show. P.O. Box 1309 Harrow HA19QJ. That is Cheap Show. P.O. Box 1309 Harrow HA19QJ. Harrow is spelled H A R O W, don't you know? Wonderful stuff. And also, if you want to email us anything, your own tales from the shop floor, an anecdote, correct us on some of our flaws, by all means do. It's thecheapshow at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, we're on Tumblr, we're on Instagram. Just look for Cheap Show, you'll probably find us. I'm on Twitter. Uh, also on YouTube if you look for Cheap Show as well. And also Twitter at the Cheap Show Pod, at Paul Gannon Show. Eli is. Eli Snoyd, And if you can and would like to support this podcast, financially you can go to patreon.com forward slash cheap show and you get access to extra podcasts behind the scenes stuff magazines brilliant fucking magazines uh you don't get yeah that's my only fans spooge droplet don't get spooge droplets you don't get nuzzle musfudge you don't get nothing hairy hairy only you just get lots of lovely (laughs) things So thank you for those who I do support us. I love a hairy, hairy, holy. Hairy, hairy, holy. Oh, look, it's the knob people. They've come back, Paul, from the start of the episode. I'm the knob people. I've got lots of knobs in me. Oh. I forgot about them. Who's the wood people? We are the wood people. We love it in the trees. You've been malining wood by using the I, rod, I'm, Grandpa's I, I'm rod. F- I've been chudding on fucking Grandad's wood all night. I'm sick of this, Paul. Just stop the fucking episode. What about this, the Patreon? This episode ends with Grandad's wood said on Gooch. The- have we said about the patrons? You yeah. didn't. All right. Thanks very much. Ah, ah, God, I just hit the balls. Ah, <laughs> oh, the Chodney spawned off was around. The Chodney, Chodney, Chod, Chodney, Bond. Chodney spawned off.